This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Pangarang people and the Jagara people. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and that modern Australian nation has never come to terms with or made a genuine attempt to address what was done to Indigenous people following European colonisation. Well may we say God save the Queen because nothing will save the Governor-General. You know I've searched my heart to prove There's better ways to push and pull Hey, whatever gets you through these days Hello and welcome to Well May We Say, a progressive podcast about Australian politics. This is episode 161 for Sunday, 22nd of October, 2023. I'm Jeremy Siapirko, and each week I'll be joined by a different guest host, or sometimes the same guest host, to help me discuss what's just been happening uh, to our country and hopefully what we can do about it. Tonight's guest host is returning guest host, Nick Carr. Welcome back, Nick. Yay. Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for having me back. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Well, I like to bring you back when there's, you know... When, when good things have been happening and Australia hasn't completely clowned itself on the uh, world stage and uh, punched the most vulnerable people in the country in the face. Yeah. Well, lucky is nothing but good news in Australia at the moment. Nothing but good news. So I'm, I'm stoked to be here, just to revel in the glory of everything. Well, it has, there has been a bit of a, a gap since we last recorded, of course, but that's because of the writers' strike. Now, um, listeners will, of course, be familiar with the tightly plotted and, and carefully written. Every word on this podcast is... Uh, tightly scripted, it's been revised, it's been refined. Um, the writers have taken, it just looks for Limoges in relation to everything that we say. Um, and otherwise, we just sound like a, I don't know, pair of incoherent idiots, probably. But uh, the writers, we're, we're here for, sorry, I'm just speaking for myself. Nick, you'd sound great. There'd be one incoherent <laughs> idiot, and there'd be one uh, accomplished comedian who's, who, yeah. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say accomplished comedian. I would say, um, it just, I'd go with comedian. <laughs> so anyway, the writer strike is now over. We're back, and uh, just uh, turning on the old well, may we say, uh, media scanning computer to see what's been up. Uh, all right. So uh, first time back for a while. Uh, what has what's been happening in Australia? Oh, for fuck's sake, Australia! What are you doing? Uh oh. <laughs> what have you done? What have you done? Yep, yep. Australia's been silly, boy. How did you get this so wrong? I mean, mm. all you had to do was recognise that Indigenous people are um, a minority in any electorate, so they don't have actual parliamentary representation at the moment, as we saw, well, as you just saw last week. You've got the, the electorates have got the most Aboriginal people in them, still have tiny percentages of Indigenous people, <laughs> and they voted no. The Indigenous booths voted yes, but the overall electorate voted no to, no to having a voice for Indigenous people. Like, highlighting the point of why they needed to have a voice to be heard. They want to know what the voice does. It makes it hard for the parliament to avoid us. Nice. All I want to do is give advice on my life. Yeah. And if they terrified, then you need to ask them why. How did we get this all so horribly wrong? Nick, did you do it? You're in Queensland. Was it you? Uh, look, uh, not me, uh, but it was everybody around me. It was, uh, look, a, a lot of... <laughs> oh, all right. You know, everybody but Nick in Queensland. Yeah. Right? No, no, not everybody. Look, I do have friends and family who are reasonable, decent, empathetic human beings. But then, yeah, for the broader broader community, uh, no, yeah, it was, it, was, it was like literally... 
the area I live in, I think, had the second highest or third highest no vote. And then the area where I work in, Maranoa Shire Council, uh, literally had the highest no vote in the country. So it's, uh, yeah, not a lot of empathy for different people here. It's uh, a lot of... uh, yeah, I mean, look, you know, you can blame some of it on cost of living and, and, you know, people having to worry about their own stuff, but mostly it's just there's a lot of racism still in Toowoomba um, because, yeah, we, we well, you yeah. know, in this region, um, they can call it whatever they want, but, yeah, there's a lot of it still around. Well, so, somebody up there, Nick, I saw painted a giant yes heart up on uh, – there's a, a rock near – Mount Tambourine. There's a rock there. That was that somebody local thought was shaped like a piano. So in the '60s, an artist went up and painted it black and white like a piano, mm. and they, that's their piano rock. So it's, it's a beloved, beloved landmark. Apparently, that is that is on the way to Mount Tambourine. Actually, I've I've definitely driven past it. Yep, hundred percent. Yep, that is okay. on the way there. Because so, right by a road, and somebody climbed up there and painted painted a, you know a heart in the Aboriginal flag colours with the word yes underneath it. And uh, naturally, the locals were extremely pissed off about that. So somebody climbed up uh, a couple of nights ago to paint over it mm. and uh, plummeted to their death. Yeah. So um, anyway, the important thing is that they died doing what they loved, being um, hostile to <laughs> yeah. people, apparently. <laughs> um, it's weird, actually, that Mount Tambourine would be like that. I, I don't think – because Mount Tambourine's like – it's kind of like Mulaney or it's one of those areas it's kind of hinterlandy and it's like usually full of rich hippies so yeah like rich rich bush people you know old green well let's get on to what the demographics of the no vote were but mm. but before we get there i just wanted to nick if you're stuck in benighted queensland surrounded by no voters have you considered moving down here to victoria where i think you'll find that the yes vote was the fuck yeah. Victoria! <laughs> you guys did it too! Come and meet me over here! Yeah. <laughs> what are you? I think, yeah. All right, let, let, hang on, let's check my electorate in uh, northeast. Jesus Christ, my electorate in northeast Victoria! <laughs> what the hell are you doing? What is. That's it, Jer- <clears throat> Jeremy, we've got to all move to Canberra. <laughs> McCarthy Cash is very worried about people going and doing some uh, t- drug tourism in, in the ACD. Yeah. Uh, she was in Parliament this week having a, having a big bash about because they were trying to. Um, undo some of the decrim laws in in uh, the ACT, mm-hmm. and she was talking about how uh, people were coming up there to to go and use drugs, and she was giving some very very specific numbers of what what that drug use would be like. The, Is the- it one gram of pure heroin? Or can I carry two grams and cut it down by 50%? Yeah, f- 15 lines, I think she said, didn't she? Guess what? You can now do about 15 lines. Suspiciously precise. <laughs> Yeah, as if there's any way Michaelia Cash hasn't done 15 lines at a freaking fundraising dinner. There's, there's no way no for way. us to know. We're not going to speculate on this po- podcast because, as we know, the same. I'm, I'm pretty sure that Michaelia Cash has repeatedly championed free speech, which means that she will mm-hmm. be an incredibly litigious person who will sue us for defamation at the drop of a hat. So I don't know. Well, what, uh, you've Cash's got me on here. Like I have no reason to speculate on it, and nobody here is going to say anything to the effect that will get us sued. Jeremy, I'm a comedian, and you've got me on here in my capacity as a comedian. Everything I'm saying is satire. So that's right, satire cannot be taken. It's satirism. So you mentioned cost of living as a justification. So I, I suppose that's the theory that uh, when people are doing it tough and uh, they're asked to do something for people who are doing it even tougher, they're like, "Fuck you! If I'm not going to benefit from this personally, you can get fucked." Yep. No, 
no, I'm doing it tough. I refuse to candidates that somebody else could be doing it tougher. And uh, I, my, my view is that um, they can miss out until I get mine. Thanks. Yep, I reckon that has, that's uh, definitely a part of it. I think racism, you know, underground, uh, sorry, undeniable racism is definitely a big part. But yeah, I think that is a lot of people like that's it. That's why the governments aren't like who you know, like the you know, the previous government or this government aren't really interested in actually doing anything meaningful to fix cost of living stuff or anything like that because. It's easy to win elections on a, based on a scared electorate, you know, like people who are, because you know, like it is so easy to to weaponize that that fear and to point uh, anger and mis, you know, at uh, in a different direction, you know. So you're saying that is that like the, but presumably noting what the results were that higher educated electorates, not higher income electorates, there's a lot of correlation, obviously, because we have a for profit education system, and obviously a lot mm. of higher education, higher income electorates have higher education rates because of, that's how we've set up the education system. Yeah. Um, but then if you if you find the ones where it diverges and you have high education, low income, those still voted yes. But if you have high income, low education, those voted no. So it's definitely a correlation with with education, although I probably shouldn't say that because I make Ben Fordham and everybody in, in uh, all the right-wing shock jocks who are very angry about yes campaigners being like, oh, it's a bunch of uh, – it seems to correlate with people who didn't know what they were doing. Nick, can you remind me what the big no campaign slogan was? Oh, it was, if you don't know, vote no. If you don't know, vote no. Telling people outright to stay ignorant about it. And more and more Australians are happily admitting they just don't know. So what you're saying is that the people who voted no probably didn't know. Okay, right. Well, that does seem that does seem like probably a fair criticism to say. If you vote no, you don't know, you don't know. May- maybe the no voters know. were exactly what you people told them to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't know. So stay yeah, ignorant. Fair. Yeah. Yep. So you're saying that just because, so that maybe the powers that be quite like keeping people angry and and, and uh, hungry because uh, it helps them be redirected to the political enemies. You're saying that maybe that's uh, why the conservative forces are perfectly happy to keep um, the education levels low, uh, keep keep the uh, funding for public education. Did you know, Nick? Do you know this? Because you you're not, you don't have kids. You know you know that that like kids in public schools mm. get less. Not you take fees out of it. Just mm. money from the government. Did you know they get less per student from the government than the private schools get? Yeah, yep, yeah, mate. I am before you even count the fees. Yeah, <laughs> I I am very aware of that, Jeremy. Uh, even though I don't have kids, uh, state school like the pub, uh, the school funding is like a real bugbear of mine because it it does make me very very angry that we you know have a system in this country that you know treats education like a privilege and a you know um and something to be hoarded by the, the wealthy rather than shared equally um, am i gonna have to become a fake catholic by the time my kids hit, hit high school because the local high school is is underfunded and, and apparently uh, has some real issues so mm. do, do i have to weigh up like my kids having a decent education with abs- my absolute abhorrence of the private education system and and yeah. Maybe pretend to be Catholic so I can afford it. Like, well, that's that's the, is that what we is that what we're left to? That, I, I have some issues with that. Yeah, some that, real issues with that. That kind of is like really. I think that's the that's the crux of it, and I think this does somewhat take us back to why people would vote no. It's like the amount of people I know who also hate private schools and think the system's cooked, but then still, as soon as they have kids, it's like. Oh well, I still want the best thing for my kids, so we're just going to have to buy into it. And then once they're into it, they don't want to end it anymore. They don't want to change things to make it more fair because their kids getting that privilege, and that's the thing. Like it just well, locks it in this cycle. On, there, there, there are two levels there. If, if you if you fall to the, the this, this is a system that we have. I I can't me me not sending my kids doesn't benefit 
overall doesn't doesn't fix the system. You can still send your kids to a private school and vote against the interests of private schools. Like, yeah, you can still be a principal person they and could be like, vote. all right, I'm being unprincipled on a personal level, but I can still at least not be part of the problem on a on a political level. I agree with that. I think, yeah, yeah. Or am I just fooling myself? <laughs> they don't. They don't have to. I don't doubt that there'd be people who wouldn't vote against it, but they're also they're less likely to actively campaign for it, sort of thing. Like because that there, there is that they do. Once you get locked into that thing where your kids got an that's why you put your kid in there so they've got an advantage over someone else. And it's well, I don't what, know. what you do with the other great challenge with in the public system is when you're at the so the, the difference between the amount that the private schools get per student and the amount that the state schools get per mm. student is pretty much exactly the voluntary contributions that they all want you to make to pay. So. Yeah the fun things in the classroom that's the difference like literally that's the amount that we taxpayers are giving to private schools but not public schools and the public schools having to beg for it and they're like no no they're they're voluntary but we'll have to stop doing this stuff for the kids in the pub in the in the um primary school if we don't get enough money from parents so like they're Mm. voluntary but huge pressure to do them and like on one hand you want to be like no i don't want if i give you money as a voluntary contribution I'm effectively saying to the state government, by all means, go ahead and do that. You can keep yeah. doing that. We'll keep on picking up the slack. And whereas if we all say no and revolt, then eventually they'll have to do something about it. But how many kids get hurt in the meantime? Like, that's a really tough moral choice. It is, yeah. And then, at, yeah, meanwhile, there's, there's um, you know, schools in, you know, the, the ritzy parts of New South Wales and that where the politicians all send their kids, where the, you know, the taxpayer funding's, like, spending money to build an equestrian centre there. I don't... Yeah. I don't know, I don't know that the taxpayers doing that. The taxpayers paying all of the educational part and they're yeah. paying more for them than the private than the public schools. But that's why and then all of the fees that the private schools charge, that's what they get to put onto the cuz they don't have to spend them on education because we the taxpayers cover that. They can just spend it on the fifth polo field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we can yeah, we, how you can track the money however you want. That's the end result, you know? Like that's how it works. It's bullshit, yeah. But and I think that that really brings it back to like this, the same with the voice thing. It's like when people are struggling and they f- like people feel it. People have the sense that they're missing out at the moment. People have the understanding that they're being somehow robbed. And so when it comes around to this sort of decision where you've got to make an empathetic choice, where you know you've that you've got to think about it a little bit generously. Like you do have to think about it in terms of like. You know, here's people who have been doing it tough, even harder than us. Here's a thing we can do to maybe make it slightly better. Whether or not it will have, like, a huge impact or not, but it's at least going to give them a chance to be listened to properly and taken seriously. But hang on, hang on, a- Nick. Peter Dutton has said that he is going to listen to... Uh, he's got. He's going to put his singing ears on when mm. it comes to Indigenous issues going forth. He's going to listen to Jacinta Price. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, She'll speak for the Aboriginal people who do not ever vote for her and for (laughs) who who she does not in any way represent and whose interests she regularly advocates against. Are you saying, Nick, that perhaps the people who are feeling... Well, most of us have been completely screwed over by neoliberalism, the same people behind the No campaign, who somehow managed to flip it around and be like, hey, our campaign that's fought, you know... For Gina Reinhart, that campaign is against the elites. The elites yeah. are the people, you know, Aboriginal people in communities who are voting for the yes. Those those are the elites. Let's, uh, no, they managed to flip that. But how much they were able to get on this resentment with a bullshit $40 billion a yeah. year lie. Should we break this down very quickly? And I'll, yeah. I'm, I should probably set a timer to make sure I don't go too far yeah. into this. Yeah. But I'm assuming... Quick, quick Jeremy diversion. I'm assuming everybody listening to the listening to this knows about the the claim that the No campaign had that we're giving forty billion dollars a year to Indigenous people. So therefore, and this is why it was racist. Therefore, they must be shit. We're giving them lots of money. 
they're in they're in they're in abject poverty. Here's a, here's a woman living on a rock with with some mattresses, but we've given them forty billion dollars. Therefore, they must be corrupt and evil and shit. Like that's the racism of the forty billion dollars thing. It's fundamentally a lie to try and make it be like, look how generous we are. We haven't fucked them over. Their disadvantage isn't because of anything we did to them. It's because they are innately bad people. Like that's the racism that they didn't have to say, but it's a clear clear implication from the forty billion dollars. Like that's the clear what you're saying to people. Also, be jealous of them. We're being too kind to them. Um, if you're struggling, give them a kick. No, so that would be shit, even if it were... Well, if we were actually giving them $40 billion a year, I, their, their conditions would be much better off. Sadly, we're not. I would I kind of like to have the audit that the LNP are saying they should now do, just so that we can show how little they get and be like, hey, everybody thinks they're getting $40 billion. Let's try giving them $40 billion and see what happens. Yeah. That'd be a nice change. <laughs> How do we get? How do they get this lie of forty billion dollars? And because, like, it's it was out there, Kamal from the old the old, uh, you know, you'll find find Kamal records in your op shop in the country. He was a, a baritone in the in the seventies uh, and eighties, and and used to get promoted on. He used to go on and hey hey it's Saturday. The what was the, in the 80s. I was trying to think two of him. the trying to think two of the. He was in an ad for a tea, wasn't he? Like that was what yes, I remember him from as yep. a kid. Dilma, that's right. Yeah, they really loved his. They used his dulcet tones to flog tea. That's it. <laughs> I think, it's from, I think he's from Malaysia. Anyway, he's an yeah, old he bloke is, now. Yeah. He's got this purchase with Boomers because he was on Hey Hey at Saturday a lot where they used to mock him for being um, not white um, and it was quite horrifyingly racist. A couple of years ago he came out and was like, I, I was a bit hurt by that, but he was he, it was horrifying he had to go along with it, but he did go along with it to promote the records at the time. Yeah. He did also play in, an Indigenous person in a movie, I think. I remember hearing that somewhere. Did he? Yeah, yeah. He, literally, they were like, eh, brown's brown. You'll do. <laughs> Oh, that's horrifying. I haven't heard that one. Um, yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Anyway, he was a no. He was on the no side, and then he had some uh, people from the Yes campaign talk to him, and he, was, he came out and said, "Oh, now I'm in favour of, 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 of it. I've now understood that you know this is all it is. It's just an advisory voice. Like it's like the advisory thing. I'll come back to Kamal, and then the forty billion dollars. I'm going off on tangents. This is a thing that I need medication for. I, at one point, eventually, I will get ADHD medication, and this podcast will will have fewer tangents on it. Is that a good thing? I don't know. <laughs> tell, us, tell us in the comments at well may we say on the former Twitter X Twitter. Yeah. Um, There'll be sixty percent less sixty uh, percent less words said on the podcast. I reckon. <laughs> oh, oh God! Imagine how much more more coherent and, and slowly I'll speak once I've got some kind of medication for this. Anyway, is that a thing that people want? Possibly. Let us know. Anyway, wait. I've I've forgotten how we went. Oh, so he went on the podcast and then he then he came off and said uh, no. He'd actually now now found out that it was forty billion dollars going to Aboriginal people and what are they doing with it. So I needed to point out the advisory body thing where we simultaneously the no campaign was like, it's too powerful, but it's just an advisory body. And then on the other hand, it doesn't do enough because it's just an advisory body. But the point is, it's advisory to parliament. Like the point was, it is just as powerful as it needs to be, which is it lets Indigenous people be heard on on issues that affect them. Yeah. Like that's as much as it is, no more, no less, exactly the amount that it should be. Well, no, it should be more, but it, this proposal was, it was like the the, the balance. It was the, the centrist compromise, frankly. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, it, it it just gives it just gives them a chance to to compete with the lobbyists and that that are all like spruiking for their interests that are willing to pay three thousand dollars a plate just so they can sit next to a minister at a dinner. Like you know, it's just giving them a bit of you know, like that's really what we're giving them is just a bit of um, you know, they're catching up on that, just leveling the playing field a little bit. So it's not the government's not just constantly listening to mining companies and the people paying big money to sit next to them at dinner. Like it just means they have yeah. to at least listen to somebody who can't afford to pay $3,000 a plate for fucking dinner so they can sit in between Gina Reinhardt and, you know, some other rich dickhead. 
Well, right. You literally want to say to the people who are like, oh, no, they'll, they'll have a special voice in Parliament that I don't have. Mate, do you know the what access the lobbyists have to ministers in Parliament? Because wait till you hear about that. It'll blow your mind. And, and obviously, Jacinta is very close to Gina Reinhardt, and, and she's the one Aboriginal person that, that Peter Dutton's going to listen to. So, great. Anyway, Kamal's explanation for flipping back to no was he's $40 billion we're giving to Aboriginal people, and what are they doing with it? At the moment, it's $40 billion a year. $40 billion a year. What, what the, is... For, to the Indigenous people. Where's the money going to? What Hang are on. they doing where, with it? Wait, sorry, where are you getting that figure from, Kamal? A bigger pun? Where's that figure come from? The 40 billion? Yeah. Where? I, I saw it and, you know, somebody told me, me I, I think I'm making it up. They're rich, mate. They're all secretly rich. There's all these Indigenous people walking around with all this money and they've been playing, for suck, like, playing us for suckers years. They've got yachts. They're the ones with all the yachts, the big trucks, uh, the houses, the, the multi-stories. It's all the Indigenous, all these rich Indigenous people just in your street every day, just like lording money, just throwing jewels off the veranda at us as we walk past. No, that, that's, the, that's the urban Aboriginals, but they're, and they're the ones to blame for what's happening to the, the rural Aboriginal people in poverty. See, Nick, yeah. it's not white people who are doing it, it's other Aboriginal people. It's all your own fault. Mm. All your own fault, not our fault, nothing we did to you. Yeah. Anyways, so Kamal got the, uh, this, this $40 billion thing and was like, oh, look, we're giving it to them, and, 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 and you know, where's that money going? Well, it's not going anywhere. Peter Credlin popped up and was like, oh, look, uh, here's the 2017 Productivity Commission report, which said that we're giving them $34 billion a year. And then if you multiply that by inflation, as the IPA has ludicrously said that you can do, like that's how government... <laughs> say we were giving them $34 billion in 2017, which we weren't, but we'll get to that. Yeah. You don't get to just multiply it by inflation. That's not how government budgets work. They don't go, oh, well, we gave them this much last year. Let's multiply it all by inflation. That's not how the government works. Yeah. And 2017 to now, like, it's not even the same structure. The NIAA yeah. didn't exist until 2019. The 2017 things were based on 2015 and 16. Like, that's yeah. not even how... It's a totally different budget thing. But even if it was the same, they don't multiply it by inflation. So getting from 34 yeah, to 40... Yeah, it's, it's not even... That's not how government works. That's not how maths works. Like, inflation is a measure of, of, of like, things... A change over time. It's not something, like, you apply to something to get an end result. <laughs> well, they're saying you, you apply, multiply it by the inflation rate to show what it would be now. So if we were giving yeah. them $34 billion in 2017, then, you know, presumably the government has, in, has kept pace with that because the government's famously interested in making sure that it's continuing spending a, a legit uh, same amount on indigenous people <laughs> more like, and more, famously yeah. <laughs> so i must have multiplied it by by the inflation rate to, to keep track with the you know decrease in value of money so first of all that's bullshit that's not how money works and so going from 34 to 40 is just a an obvious dumb lie yeah. um you can't you just can't do that there's no factual basis for doing that you can't that you can't just claim that the government must have done that in the intervening six budgets that's not how that works if yeah. they had done that, you'd be able to quote directly from the current budget. You don't have to multiply a 2017 thing by by inflation. So that's bullshit. But even the $34 billion was bullshit because it's made up of $5 billion that actually goes to Indigenous programs, like things to address Indigenous disadvantage, but obviously they can't provide education, health, and social security because that's a lot more money they, that, than $5 billion. Um, the $5 billion is, is things, cultural things and uh, yeah. specific programs to address Indigenous disadvantage. You could audit that all you like, but it's not generous. It's yeah. you know, a fraction of what we give to fucking negative gearing or like it's it's a small yeah. budget item. Yeah. Um and you know, five billion dollars is a lot more money than I'll ever see in my lifetime, but it's 
comparatively to the number of people in Australia and, and the number of Indigenous people in Australia, it's not. Yeah, like it's a, a, it's a dollars, it's not. what is it, like a tenth of the cost of the submarines that we won't see for 50 years? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, no, 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 more like a 20th. <laughs> yeah. No, wait, sorry. No, the, the submarines are 368 billion. Yeah. So divide 368 by five, which is uh, a, a much oh, tinier yeah, fraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So how do they get from $5 billion to $34 billion? Uh, Again, two fudges. One is, okay, so they included the money. So none of the rest of the money is allocated by Indigenous people at all. Some of the rest of the money is hypothetically goes to them for their benefit. We'll talk about it, but not very well. Yeah. And then the rest of it doesn't go to them in, in any way. But So of the remaining 34, they got, I think it's about $12 billion is the spending on health, education, and social security, which is higher for Indigenous people per person for three reasons. Education, well, we spend more for Indigenous people because they're much younger. They die earlier, so they're a younger population. So education costs are higher for the same service delivery. In fact, yeah. for less service delivery because they don't get the same access to education, as we just talked yeah. about with public schools. Yeah. There are a lot of bunch of private schools in, in the right areas. So education, slightly more because there's more of them who are young, got a, higher, a younger population. Health, the service delivery is more expensive because uh, it's rural, but that's the same for other rural Australians as, as well. But we don't go, oh, rural Australians are very lucky. We should uh, audit the money that goes to rural Australians mm. only when they're Indigenous, hence the racism of this yeah, argument. Yeah. And so they get, it is more costly for less service delivery. But the solution to both of those, education and health, is we should be funding them more, not less. Yeah. And then the final one, Social Security, again, why why would there be more per head of of um, Social Security on for Indigenous people? Because they're fucking poorest people in the country. Yeah. The fact that a bit more money goes to them, it's still far short of what it should be. And it's not because we're generous. It's because uh, until the racists get their way, they're still entitled to the same social security payment, which is still half the poverty line as non-Indigenous Australians. Yeah. And it just happens to be that that's a little more expensive to deliver because they've got to provide it locally. There's some higher costs when you're delivering it in rural areas. But again, that applies to people in in other who are not Indigenous in rural areas. And also, obviously, Thai, because there's more of them who are poor, which, again, indictment on Australia. So none of those things are reflections of us being generous. They're just reflections of their disadvantage. And that only still gets us up to about, I think, $17 billion in 2017. And all, do you know what all the rest is? You do know. Tell, me, <laughs> tell, tell the listeners what the, all the rest of it is. Oh, Jeremy, I absolutely could not take that away from you. I think, I think you've got to bring it home. Bring this train home. Baby, give us, give us what we got. Can you hear how fast I'm talking? Can you hear how high my voice, the pitch is going up, the volume is going up. I'm so infuriated by this. At this point, I'm just imagining, because I can't hear it. It sounds fine to me in my head, but I'm just imagining at this point, it's just like like an angry, it's like, you remember in the old days when you had a double tape deck and you recorded between the two of them on, yep. to our younger listeners, a tape deck. <laughs> it's like early piracy. Anyway, you'd put a tape deck, tape in, and then you'd press record and it would be on high speed dubbing. Yep. And you could hear it as it was going. Yeah. I'm imagining at this point that I've already reached that, and I, I, I guess at, this, at the next point when I start describing how they filled out the rest of this thirty-four billion dollars, you're not going to hear anything. But there's just going to be a bunch of dogs going. <laughs> anyway, anyway, coming down, coming down. So we've already talked about how forty billion dollars is bullshit. It was thirty-four. We've talked about how only five billion allocated by Indigenous people. Only another twelve that is even for their benefit, but it's not at any level that's sufficient to really address poverty, but it's slightly more per head because of the specific forms of disadvantage. And even that's not enough to get to 34. How did the Productivity Commission in 2017 get to 34 billion? They said, here's the total amount that we spend on everything, state and federal. Here's the proportion of the population that's Aboriginal people. We'll say that they get that. 
So this is their share of submarines. This is their share of Peter Dutton's salary. This is their share of mining subsidies. This is their share of everything that we give to the people who hate their guts and do everything they can to harm them. We'll say it's for their benefit. Yeah, that's it. That's for them. (laughs) It's helping. It's helping them. (laughs) It's insane. Anyway, so the rest of Australia can go, look, we're too generous to Aboriginal people. Look how much money we say we give to them. They don't see it, but we'll pretend that we give it to them. Yeah, they don't, they don't see any benefit of it. It's so cooked, man. So cooked. But that's and like those when they quote those numbers, it, it is part of the the like, what makes like the, this particular no campaign. But you know, like those conservative campaigns, so effective is it just gives all these people who aren't really switched onto it all these little talking points like they pick up on that 40 billion like you know like my 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 grandmother i'm pretty sure voted no uh to, to my dismay um and you know i i didn't speak to her about it myself honestly because it was just like last time i tried to talk to her about i tried to explain to my my grandmother who uh is um uh you know on the like just on nothing but the pension or whatever um doesn't really have any income doesn't own any property just rents a you know, spends most of the money renting this tiny unit on the other side of Toowoomba. A while ago, I was trying to explain to her how the taking the franking credits away isn't a bad thing, like isn't going to hurt her because she doesn't have any shares and it would not impact her life whatsoever. Trying to explain that to her, she, I ended up making her cry. So this, no, you know, the, the referendum, sadly, I just could not even engage with her. But um, my mother was trying very hard, but it was that thing where it really puts the, you know, like because they're told they can just stay, you know, no voters or whatever, people who were on that side were told they could just stay ignorant and not worry too much about it. And just, you know, if it makes you feel even a little bit uncomfortable because you're internalised racism, just say no. It's... But they give them enough of these little tiny facts so that when they are talking... It's yeah. okay to say no that was one of their big pictures. It's yeah, okay yeah, it's okay. No. It's okay. You know, and they give them enough of these tiny little facts, these little tiny straw men, that when they are talking to someone who's trying to get through to them, then that person has to be so like even more on top of it. Like They don't have to just be on top of the actual facts. They have to then be on top of all the misinformation and also how to counter it. Because then, you know, like my mum will be trying to make, you know, having these, when she was describing these conversations, she was having with my grandmother like she's trying to make all these points about it and then they'd be like oh yeah but what about the 40 billion and at that point mum hadn't done the research that you have jeremy to know exactly how it's all broken down mum's like well i don't know about that 40 and then it just makes it look like you don't know what you're talking about and then that then goes oh see haha you can't explain every detail of that 40 billion guess you're wrong i can keep being racist like you know like it's 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 so effective in in a way to um yeah, in a way to keep people from being convinced otherwise. It just gives them the all the fuel they need to just not change how they think. Um, I feel like I feel like one of the biggest things that we need to do back again about it, and, and I know that the, it, it, the the popular wisdom that's being put out is that it was the no the yes campaign. Although I mean, obviously the whole referendum was lost as soon as the um, Libs decided to oppose it for political gain. Like they, it was obviously as soon as it wasn't bipartisan, the, the referendum yeah. was never going to pass. Yeah, absolutely. but obviously we hope that it wasn't going to fail by as much as it did. And 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 one of the things that they say is, oh well, it's a, the problem is that the yes campaign was effectively calling no voters um, stupid and racist. Now, those are reasonable conclusions due to a the no campaigns. If you vote, don't know, vote no, and b all of the appeals to racism that they bloody did, like. Even the forty billion should not sink, should not be effective to you if you're not if you're if you don't 
innately think Indigenous people are shit. The $40 billion should be really suspicious. It's like, hang on, how can we be giving them so much money? Well, first of all, they never put the $40 billion in context. Like, what? Nick, what proportion of the federal and state budgets in 2017 was $40 billion? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Any idea? Never... I don't I either. No... Yeah, I it's have a no idea, but it's, I, I guarantee it's not that much. Yeah. But even if we gave them $40 billion, like... What proportion of the, what was the total? Like five hundred billion, six hundred billion. What was the actual total of that for that that forty that they're making up, mm. or thirty four in twenty seventeen? What proportion was that? Like if you throw a big number and it hasn't got any context of what's the rest of the money spent? What's what? How many billions do we mm. spend on rural Australians? Who the yeah. fuck knows? We don't. You haven't. You're not giving us any context. The number is a, just a big number. Yeah, even forty billion is just so far out of of the realm of understanding of you know like what you could do with forty billion is just so far out of the realm of understanding of like um, your everyday Australian. It's just like we can't comprehend it. <laughs> like you know, like so yeah, it just it's just such a big number. It just instantly scares everybody. But I still think that fundamentally, you only accepted that forty billion dollars as a being we re- we must be give- we if you you could, to believe that number, hmm. you would have to innately believe that Indigenous people are shit. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, you know that unless Aboriginal people are shit, it's what we did to them. Like, there's a reason why people in the First Nations community are the most disadvantaged in the country. And it's not because they're racially shit. It's because we fucked them over. But to believe that it, that we didn't fuck them over and that we were generous, you have to believe that they're shit. Like, that $40 billion figure, you could only believe it if you, you had this underlying feeling that Aboriginal people are lesser in some way. Yeah. I reckon. I brand's Absolutely. pretty hard to accept otherwise. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, there, no, there is that 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 level of just you know, like oh, you know, if you don't know say no, it, just trust your gut. And that that gut feeling in everybody is the racism. <laughs> like it's there. They do generally just still have this idea, especially out here in the country. They do they, they don't know a lot of indigenous people like there are small indigenous communities in these places, but they're pretty well segregated. Like you don't really you don't you don't interact with them much. Like they, here in Toowoomba, there's a couple of suburbs that that sort of most of the indigenous people live in, and so they are, like it's over the far end of town, and there's almost no interaction with the rest. You know, like it is like you know kind of yeah pretty segregated, and so people don't know, and people still attribute all these old racist tropes to them like people still think about them that way that they are you know trying to get us and out to steal our land and you know all this sort of stuff and oh they're all dull bludgers and they're t- you know like th- those racist tropes are very much alive and well in the country because they H- don't hence, hence the libs this week trying to be like hey now we'll do something for, about aboriginal people we'll audit the money that's spent on them and yeah. we'll do a we'll have a royal commission to child sexual abuse in their communities be- not child sexual abuse generally just aboriginal child sexual abuse because aboriginal people are uh by the way this this is the racism underpinning it. This is fundamentally wrong, but this is yeah. the line. This is the thing, what they're trying to communicate, that racist Aboriginal people are um, thugs and perverts and, and degenerate and stupid and lazy and drunkards and all, you know, that, all of those fucking nasty things. And they're just playing to them. They don't need to say those things because they're already well ingrained in the prejudices that, that white Australia has about Indigenous people. They just sort of le- suggest mm. little, little things that just remind people of that. Oh, yeah, that's right. You already think that. You don't know any Aboriginal people. There aren't any in your le- nearby to you that you know. You just see them on the news. You just see them. You hear remarks about them by other racist people. I reckon the biggest problem that the, the, the no camp that the referendum unleashed, of course, was that they made race- they they let the racists after thirty years of people feeling ah oh, the racist shit that I think probably can't say that at dinner. Probably can't mm. say that around in public. Yep. People will say, "Come on, that's gross." Or people think less of me. And what the no campaign did was gave them permission to just whip it all up. Just Put yeah. it in a big racist talky little me- yep. bowl and just mix it all together. 
build on each other, whip each other up, you know, compete with each other to say the most racist fucking thing. Yeah, well, people know people know that they shouldn't be racist. People know they should feel bad about wearing, like, you know, that it's it's like a moral thing. But, that, yeah, the, the genius of the No campaign was telling them that it was okay to think like that. Like, um, huh. I've got here... Well, you're not, I, it's not, no, you're, you're not racist. Yeah. You're the truth tellers. It's the other side, the people who want to do racist. something to yeah. help Indigenous people, they're the real racists. Yeah, that's Racism it. Racism no. is trying to do something about Indigenous disadvantage, not believing that they deserve it. Yeah. Believing they deserve it is just being a real realist uh, and and wanting everybody treated equally and then the, 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 whatever suffering they have is their own fault and pretend that we didn't have 250 years of, of um, grinding them down. Yep. Whereas it's racism to notice that there has been disadvantage and to try and do something about it by no, you know, in a way that identifies that community and gives that community the help to undo the damage that we did. Like somehow that was the racism. Yeah, that's you're, it. You're not racist, they're racist, the people who want to change stuff. Yep. Well, I, I read an article this week, Jeremy. I think really absolutely nailed it. Sean Kelly wrote an article. Um, I have been struck by... This is just an excerpt from it. This is an old article. This is just a, a tiny paragraph that I think really nails it, really nails this point. I've been struck by the widespread conclusion based on polling that Australians were persuaded by the argument that the voice would divide the country. Voters may well say that this is what persuaded them, but it is likely the most were inst- uh, sorry. It was likely that most were instinctively against the idea of reasons they were able of the reasons they were able to choose between to justify their choice. This one sounded the most attractive. Understandably, it enabled people to preserve their good opinion of themselves. They were not mm. voting from racial prejudice. Dear me, no. It was the opposite. They were voting against Indigenous Australians because they hated racism. We are a country that does not know itself. I think that. He's really nailed it there. Yeah. That is exactly right. Like, yep, yep. They they voted that way because oh, we don't want division. We want to all be unified and together and that. So you know, and I'm I'm not a racist. I'm a good person, but I'm against it. You know, yeah. but well, that was the excuse. That's all why they voted that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah, they that's they it. voted a out of hatred of indigenous people and that b out of selfishness and c out of um. I don't know. I, I think a lot of the no campaign really just really got a real kick out of getting to kick Indigenous people in the face. After 30 years of being told you should stop being racist, they're like, ha, now I can get back to all the people who told me I was a bad person for thinking yeah. about the bad shit that I think about Aboriginal people. Yeah. And you know what? Just to really infuriate those filthy lefties, I'll say that they're the racists as yeah. well. <laughs> yep. So what do we do? Like, obviously, one of the big things is we, and over the next you know couple of years, we're going to have to go back to, you know, it's not, not MAGA, it'll be um, MRSA, make make racism shameful again. We need to make sure mm. that they are, the people who are, have, say racist shit, are immediately squashed for it again. We need to shove that right back into the box mm. where it was. Obviously, we know over 30 years of suppressing it, it'll come back out at the moment uh, as soon as they get an opportunity. But, but, but. Suppressing it has a major advantage, which is that it doesn't infect new people. Like, mm. obviously, we're not going to magically cure the racism in the people yeah. who have it deep in their core, but we can stop them infecting people that's sort of on the margins. And the problem with what we've unleashed is that they were able to infect people who hadn't really been thinking about those things. And now we've got a whole new generation of people who've got a whole lot of nasty shit about Indigenous people stuck in their heads. Mm. Yeah. I think I think to fix it, it's got to be a much more widespread project of social cohesion like because so much yeah so much of it is we just we all have this idea and and i see it in workplaces like in my work you see it that there's these like i think we've yeah we've really got to get people on board with the idea that you know like you know when i said at the start of this podcast that people feel like people instinctively know that they're somehow being scammed or whatever that 
you know, like it's all these scary people around us who are nasty and evil and trying to steal and take from us. And, you know, like we're all these animals just clawing and tearing at each other when really it is just come down to the selfishness and the greed and the callousness of a few. Like, I think we that's the project we have to get everybody on board with because that's where it really starts, is that not to blame your neighbour because you can't afford to buy dinner for your family this week. It's not to blame your neighbour, you know, who's living in a tent or, or whatever, or, you know, or the immigrant that works at Blame your, the fucking government, yeah, not bl- fucking providing exactly. proper services. Blame the rich people at the top who are because that's it like I, I think you know we, we imagine that there's all these people out there in the world doing these really nasty things and you know like but it's really it's just it's just callousness from the top it's just that the rich people once they get so rich they just can't understand what empathy is anymore like how to empathize with with the fellow man and they don't you know like that's all it is is that they keep making decisions in their own interests but the really the, like i think that the actual evil part is you know your, your, your peter duttons and that other world who've worked out that that's a way to win and and to trade off that fear like to, to stoke that fear and trade off it and make it worse like uh, yeah i think the, i think the racism is definitely a, a really nasty symptom of it but i think that's the core thing we've really got to work to fix is to get everybody back on board with uh, you know like more of a sense of community and that we're out there to help you you know like we're all out there together solidarity all, yeah solidarity we're, we're solidarity all, it's yeah. funny that the biggest thing that the, the always like this is this the long thing from from politics for centuries mm. the people at the top are um, are a minority People mm-hmm. with the power and the money—that's actually a small number in the population, mm. but and they and the rest of us could easily outnumber them. But what what they what they can do is set us off against each other. Yep. Set you know, um, I, I saw like a, a at a, at a um, you know you know how okay so obviously we haven't talked about Israel and um, Hamas this week and mm-hmm. it's a fucking travesty that the that our country's gone <laughs> go on go on Israel do what you do like literally on Monday night on Q and A they're like somebody they were asked you know even the most anodyne question of. Israel definitely has a right to defend itself. The number of civilians killed in Gaza has passed the number of civilians killed in Israel as a result of the Hamas terror attacks and will only grow as Israel continues its bombardment. While Israel is currently exercising its legitimate right to defend itself, could there be a point at which its actions go beyond this right? All the things that, that they would say officially about, uh, mm-hmm. you know, of course they can, they need to be stern, they need to, all the, all the, by giving them all of that and then just saying, but is there a line? At what point is it too much? And none of them, fucking, none of the people from the government, none, none of ex people like fucking Alexander Downer, none of them could be like, well, this would be too far. No, because their attitude was as far as Israel needs to go. Um, it's not going to be pretty, it's not going to be tidy, um, but Hamas has to be destroyed. Okay, so. And then, weirdly, a hospital blows up this week. Sorry, they, mm. and there was an explosion, according to the government. That's not, you know, yeah, what, but, who did but, it? But <laughs> didn't, this didn't, airstrike. For- yeah, what I love is that didn't Israel, like, warn them beforehand, say, like, tell everybody in this hospital that we're yeah. going to bomb it, and then so, it got look, bombed, let, and then they're like, oh, I guess it wasn't us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a bunch of that. But look, that, that whole thing is probably beyond the scope of that podcast this week. But yeah, I, absolutely. The, yeah. I did notice that, I did see this morning, and this on the point of solidarity. Because obviously, so here's two groups that we that are often played off against each other, LGBTI people and Muslims. Okay, mm. so oh, yeah, pr- the flag thing, fr- yeah. pro Palestine rally in London, and then there's some footage supposedly of some of the people who are uh, the pro Palestine Muslims coming and attacking a queers for Palestine thing, and then all the conservatives are like, ha, yeah, well, bit of a reality check for those queers. They should, uh, what, what would they expect uh, if they were in Palestine? Because as if you cannot go, hang on, we can have solidarity with Palestinian people fighting for 
basic human rights, yeah. and also solidarity with queer people in Palestine or Israel being persecuted by people who are attacking their rights. Like, we can have solidarity with different groups. It doesn't mean that just because you've got solidarity, when one group is being oppressed, you protect them away from the oppression. It doesn't mean you are you have to agree with them on everything else. Like, fundamentally, I feel like the biggest thing that, that we on the left need to do is instead of it being, the, the conservatives being able to play off Aboriginal people against the poor, people who are struggling to, to put food on the table against... like. We should all be like, we are all being screwed over by the people at the top. Mm-hmm. And and if we rebuild that sol- solidarity between groups and, and we recognise it, because the, what's really galling is that the right are getting good at it. They've got, they've got like, a, 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 the um, alliance between the people at the top, the, the people who want right-wing economic policy, and mm. the fucking religious right, who supposedly should disagree with that and want, you know, really... Support for the poor and all the rest of it, but mm. because they they'll give them um, shitty right wing policies on abortion and, and euthanasia and and LGBTI people, and and the religious right will support the the rich people mm. in in the US getting lower taxes. Like those, the right has figured out how to have allies where your interests aren't necessarily aligned, and we on the left need to do it because there are a lot more people being screwed over by the people at the top than there are people benefiting from it, and we yep. just need to be able to join to together so that the next time the conservatives are like. Oh look, you person who's struggling to put food on the table in this cost of living crisis. Are you, how do you feel about Aboriginal people getting it? For for the people in both groups to be like, hang on, we don't believe a fucking word you're saying. Hang on, yeah, yeah. back that up. We're we're much more likely. You guys are much more likely to be lying to us than each other of us mm. at the bottom. Yeah, the thing that always complicates it is within the scope of of. Um you know, there's even you know, like it's the difference in the privileges and that in the scope of of those different groups. Like, you know, it's like even the middle income people. Like, you know, there's 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 middle income people who have a house or have an investment house, right? And so then, as soon as you sort of say, okay, to make it fair for everybody, we need to make it less attractive to invest in houses. And then people straight away go, well, that's that's bad. You're going to take money off. You know, like I'm going to lose money off that. My house is going to lose. My investment property is going to lose value. Well, this thing that I've worked very hard for, you know, even though, I, you know, like people, people always think they work harder than everybody else. They're the only person that's ever had a job or actually had to do a day's work. But um, Hang on, you know, Nick. Are like, you going to suggest that the people paying rent work harder than the people who are just making money off owning shit and don't uh, have to work for it? I just, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's that's a whole other thing. But you know, it's like as soon as, that's part of why they love the structure and that that it is, you know, there's all this delineation between the different different groups and and demographics is because then, you know, as soon as you go to fix some of the problems that would might make things better for everybody, like you know, like to make cheaper houses, yeah houses do have to be worth a little less like and then but as soon as you say that to someone who that's their only leg up they then worry about that and then that puts them straight away like kicks them back into the other group i might miss out you know like we're all we all feel like we're we're living on this precarious balance between being able to get through it so even like okay yes. yeah, there's your mega land. The importance of solidarity yeah everybody needs yep, to like re- recalibrate and be like hang on hang yep. on let's just step back from my own self-interest for a second let's look at the interest of all of us mm-hmm because yep. if I stand up for the people who are currently fighting, then they'll be able to stand up for me. Like yep. fucking people with investment properties, they're not. They're not. They're not down with us. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not the. They're not the struggling. They're not the people who we need to have solidarity with. But people who are being fucked over, like there's a mm. lot more similarity between. Oh, yeah, um, no, yeah. I think that I, I agree. But I, I think there are. Yeah, okay. Like if someone's got twenty investment properties, okay, they're obviously in a different class. But I think that there are people still who are just one or something. You know, one or two. 
I think that's part of it is like there are some people just enough to be scared of losing it that, you know, and there might not be, you know, like, you know, they're not, there might be people with one investment house who's not, you know, and they're definitely not, um, you know, like flying off on yachts and shit every day. But I think solidarity has to stretch that far. As soon as we start sectioning ourselves off like that, it, it that's when they win because that's where just... Oh, losing, no, no, no. The, where where they people. section off is, um, is your interest in your investment property more important than... Um, other people having housing. If you are fine with us improving renters' rights, yeah. squashing house price increases, oh, and so forth, then fine, you're with, you're with us. If you are, if you have enough investment properties that your attitude is fuck the renters, mm. well then you're not you're not one of us. You're not yeah, about, no, no, you're not, I know that. That's, yeah. that's different. Yeah, that's that's absolutely yeah. But like, I think we we have to find a way to reach even those people, like to bring them into the solidarity and go, yeah, look, I, I, I suppose that's my point is that yes, like uh, yeah, I don't think we can afford to be like yeah, okay, they're not with us. Because because, you know, then all of a sudden the numbers start to drop. Solidarity has to be, okay, guys, you are doing, you know, you are doing better than some of the others. And yes, you might lose out on this, but the greater project of social cohesion is something that we can all gain so much more from than just like losing a little bit now doesn't mean that you're like, you know, like that's going to ruin you. It's like there is a, there is a, a loftier goal at play here. There is something bigger we can do for each other if we all can get together and go, okay, yep, like you might lose out a little bit, you, you know, but we have to be able to offer them something like this broader, this bigger project of like community harmony and coming together and, and like to actually make things better. Because as soon as we start, you know, okay, you know, if, if that's, if you've got to, you know, if that's how you feel, then you're not with us. Oh, well, if you feel like that, then you're not with, like, that's exactly the, left, you know, our I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying yeah. we ever go around and say you're not with us, but what I'm saying is that um, in terms of what we're fighting for, the solidarity is the, the fundamental principle of the solidarity is that we will always support each other. The people at the bottom, mm. we will support each other bringing up. And so, yeah. if you're so, so people who've got an investment property, in terms of, in terms of that specific example, solidarity with the renters is recognizing that renters are worse off and yeah. supporting things to bring them up. So, the solidarity is that we will not take the side of the rich assholes, yeah. we'll take the side of each other as we, we back each other up. So, this issue that's right now doesn't directly affect me. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, I, I, I mean, you could say I was entirely selfish, and I, I didn't care about Indigenous people being heard because I, I didn't give it. It doesn't directly benefit me, but I could still, still, if I'm only motivated by self-interest and not just the overall principle, you could still make the argument that it's still in my interest to support Indigenous people having a voice because I'm all. That, if I'm a person who's struggling to put food on the table, we help Indigenous people who are also massively disadvantaged. They have more of a voice. They'll hell, even on that very specific example, they'll be in a better position to advocate against policies that fuck over the poor. Mm-hmm. Like they, they literally people who are struggling with cost of living very much includes indigenous people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yep. I guess the general thing is to rebuild, to work really hard at building solidarity between groups, starting with those of us at the bottom. Mm. Not those of us at the bottom. I am a middle class white guy who somehow managed to get a house um i'm not at the bottom there are people a lot worse off than me but you know what i mean like the general mm, principle yeah. of everybody of solidarity yeah yep. I, ju- I just feel like that i feel like that's what the neolives have been really good at tearing down and that's what we need to rebuild yeah ex- absolutely that's i agree yeah i think we need to we really need to work on rebuilding that 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 solidarity and that sense of community because yeah that's what always fu- you know that's what always fucks us <laughs> that's what yeah that's where we always run into trouble that's why we can't get anywhere it's gross that at the end of all of this, they're able to say, "Oh, look, working class people—the people that the lives are fucking over—yeah—they're mm, the oh. ones who don't want Aboriginal people to have a voice. Like yeah. that should never have been. Obviously, the 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 
conservatives have a massive advantage. They have deliberately um, starved people of information. They have the biggest soapboxes because they, you know, the ABC is completely cowed and all the rest of it's mm-hmm. commercial media. So, like, they can get their bullshit out. Like, literally, the only Indigenous people we were really hearing from were bloody Jacinta Price and Warren Mundine, who represent yeah. no Indigenous people. Yep. So, they've always got that advantage, which means that the fund, the only way that we've, that the, that working people have ever gained gained anything and oppressed people have ever gained anything mm. is through solidarity and the power from that, working with each other, including the people who are not directly benefited from this specific issue, but just the general principle of we're all being fucked over, let's join together and, and support yeah. each other. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Because even I, I remember watching that on uh, Q&A a couple of weeks ago, you know, there was a... a, a an indigenous sort of leader that I'd, I'd never seen talk on a TV show before or anything like that. Um, and she was there at the signing of the statement from the heart. Like she was there when they agreed to it, like when they did the negotiations or whatever. And, you know, yeah, again, it's like we, we never heard from her. All you hear is that, yeah, all, all you see on TV is Jacinta Price and you Warren Mundine saying, no, and so when you get people like, say, I keep going back to that example of my nan, she's like, well, you know, I've never seen any, you know, like all the people I see is, say they don't want it. And so, okay, yeah, you've got mm. the two that are on TV saying no and then all these other millions behind them that don't, or sorry, on the other side that don't, get a say you know like and and weren't you know like that's it the amount of people i know who was like why can't you know i i don't think they should have done this voice thing i think that what they should have done is get a group of indigenous leaders together and then get them to all vote on it you're like that's exactly what happened that's, that's what the Uluru statement that's, that's 100 yeah you're that right that is what they should have done and, and, and that, is what, that is what they did do you know like yeah but you don't it was not enough of that that yeah we did we didn't hear it. all you saw was just in a price and a warren mundane and I, and I really particularly love that the, the media take after this of being like, oh, Jacinta Price has been elevated to this, you know, great position within the party now. She's really raised her profile among the ranks and she's going to, you know, move forward and be this great thing. But, like, honestly, I think that if they think that Peter Dutton or the coalition government are going to take Jacinta Price or Warren Mundine seriously after this at all, like... They might wheel him out when they need him. Uh, because yeah, they will. You know, He's yeah. very handy for them. No, no, we're not racist. Look at our Indigenous minister. Yeah. No, no. Like, shit, look, look, these horrible things we're doing to the Indigenous community, they're what Jacinta shit we should do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? That's the only thing they'll use it for. Other than that, they're not going to listen to it. You know, they're not going to listen to them on issues or anything like that. They're not going to... They're just... just well, they might. They might. She hates the same people they hate. Like, oh, yeah. she, she, she's, you know... for colon- She's out there saying that the... the, colon- that the um, Colonisation of Australia was to the benefit of indigenous yeah. people. Oh, they have they have running water. Fuck it, Jacinda. They had running water. The people who don't have running water now are the ones like the ones you, your mum, who's a liberal, who was a liberal men, mm. um, politician in the Northern Territory, who took water away from remote communities. Like that's a pretty galling example of Jacinda mm. to pick. But no, no, she, you know, she's about to come out here and attack trans people. Like she's said, that's what she's going to do next. Like she. I don't think they'll have too much difficulty working with her because she's she's just as well. That's they they're just going to use her as a mouthpiece. Is my point? Yeah, they're just going to use her as a mouthpiece to say all that sort of crazy shit that they're not allowed to say. You know, they can't get away yeah. with saying because they're still straight old white guys. Um, they they that you know they're just going to use her to say all that sort of stuff. I don't. My point is, I don't think they're going to be taking her along for the ride and using her to set policy and that. Like she, they're just going to be. You know, uh, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to take her seriously. She's a useful as a tool in the party. She's a useful tool. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's it. Well, that was a thoroughly depressing uh, time to come back. I have to say, next time I, I come back to the podcast, I expect it to be uh, more cheerful. Thank you very much, uh, Australia. Um, yeah. 
there are other things I want to talk about. The, the Greens rent freeze legislation was in Parliament this week, and mm-hmm. uh, we had all sorts of. There's a bit of audio I, I should really drop in of um, Senator Scar telling the Senate that between 1945 and 1954, not a single building was built in Melbourne. Not a single <laughs> under rent control, under rent control, not a single building was built in the entire city of Melbourne in the post war period. Well, these are the facts. And I quote this is from page 43 of Thomas Sow's book on basic economics, another great neoliberal. Quote, nine years, nine years after the end of World War II, not a single new building had been built in Melbourne, Australia. So nine years under rent control, under what the Greens are proposing, horrendous economic policy. We should always do the opposite in terms of economics to what the Greens are proposing. This is what the basic economics tells us. Nine years after the end of World War II, not a single new building had been built in Melbourne, Australia, because of rent control laws there which made buildings unprofitable." End quote. How's that? How's that assisting people in need wanting accommodation? Nine years, not a single building built in Melbourne. 1945, 1954. He later tried to fudge it through and go, oh, no, apartment building, and then he got them to change Hansard to change what he'd actually said Jesus in the Hansard. Christ. Um, but even that sounds like bullshit because they were building other things. Anyway, yeah. that, that, that whole issue, building what we're going to do about housing, that's the thing you and I were going to talk about, and we have a whole lot of things to talk about, and there's a whole lot of things that are saved in the mm. in the things of messages between us to talk about in the next episode. Yep. But let's not do it today because this has been the big one. I, you know, we were two non-Indigenous people who had to be heard on this, this fucking issue again because apparently God. Australia won't listen to Indigenous people on stuff that affects them. Do we have a voice if they make the choice for us? Mm, thank, yeah, that's it. <laughs> thank God, two straight white guys finally got a say on this issue. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Nick, where can people find you? What are you up to? What are your What are your gigs that are coming? Um, well, if this comes out, if you're anywhere in the Darling Downs or near Toowoomba, please uh, buy tickets to my show. I've got I've got Harley Breen coming to the Irish this weekend on uh, Friday, and uh, he's going to be out in Warwick in the Southern Downs on the Saturday night. Uh, please come along that. You can find all my details at uh, Nick Carr Official on Instagram or uh, Dan Eclown Comedy is a comedy promotion uh, like uh, account that I have on um, uh, Instagram as well. So please jump on either of those. Um, I don't really have anything else going on. I don't have any tickets. Oh, I'll be coming back to Adelaide next year. Um, tickets aren't on sale for that yet, but I've got venue and everything locked in. I'm registered for the Fringe Festival, so just follow just follow my socials so you can find out about that when it happens. I'm going to do a show. My show this year is called Nice, and it's literally about... <laughs> I'm going to try and write an hour comedy show about social cohesion, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Solidarity through comedy. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll have another... Po- you'll be back on the podcast before then anyway. Thank you to Alex Lum for the artwork and Robin Gray for the music. Thank you to everybody who has who's still subscribe, still supporting us. People who, if you have been, were supporting us until recently and eventually went, it's been since July. Are they going to record a podcast and and took took your uh, took your support off? If you'd be willing to bring it back, because currently we're actually at um, the, the Patreon is now because of the difficulties we've had of keeping the podcast um, running um, in the intervening period. Uh, the Patreon is now less than the cost of, of, of hosting the website. So in order to keep it live, it would be would be helpful if, if you are willing to, if, if you're keen to, for the podcast to keep going, um, we would, would appreciate that support on Patreon. That's it. We do intend to make it more regular. So uh, hopefully we'll get another one done very soon. Jeremy, I was going to support the podcast, but I read in the papers that you're actually already getting $40 billion in Patreon fees. <laughs> 
No, no, that's only after inflation, Nick. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. My bad. <laughs> it's only $37 million. <laughs> <laughs> that's if, if only we... Yeah. So thank you for coming back. Thank yeah. you, Nick. Thanks thank for Thank you, everybody, me. for coming back to listen. And hopefully we will be back in your ears Ooh. very soon. Bye. Bye. The Labor Party is afraid of taking on the actual merits. So, treaty is obviously connected to the voice. Mm-hmm. This the voice wasn't a vote on the treaty, but it was obviously connected. Labor does the running away from it, being like, "Oh no, that's not what we're talking about." Yeah, which means that you're saying you are implicitly saying that's a bad thing. Yeah, no, we, we, it's a bad thing that we should be running away from, rather than simply saying, "Of course, Australia yeah. is going to have to negotiate a treaty. How can we not? We mm. can't move forward. We want to move forward. We can't move forward until we've dealt with this." This. Yeah. Is, I reckon Australians could hear that argument and be like, if you're sick of having fights about what happened and what we're going to do about it and addressing disadvantage and the, the problems of, of colonisation, if you're sick of that argument, you're sick of it being a problem, let's deal with it. Yeah, let's fix this it. This is the process. We have a voice so Indigenous people can be finally heard. We have a truth-telling where we finally get clear what it is that happened. There's no more of these tedious arguments about whether it happened or not, where yeah. evidence comes up saying that something horrifying happened and you've got a bunch of idiots in the media going, oh, no, you can't prove it, no, it didn't really happen. Whatever it is, we'll do a proper process where we figure it out once and for all. And following that, we can negotiate a treaty, which, again, will be a thing that we'll talk about. The decision what that treaty is going to be hasn't been decided and yeah. you would get to vote on the treaty. But the point is we have to do these things so we can then move forward. We can't just go, well, fuck that. I'm not going to deal with it. We'll move forward. That doesn't work. Nobody nobody who's a functioning adult thinks you can just sort of smother over this bad thing that happened and go, I won't think about that and it'll disappear. The no mm. campaign are basically the don't think about it and it'll go away argument. Like yeah. Labor, you really, they needed to pitch it harder and go, we're the grown-ups here. We're moving it forward. They're the idiots who just want to bury it under a, a blanket yeah. and pretend it didn't happen. Nobody's yeah. going to... That's not a solution. Do you want to still be arguing about this in 40 years? Yeah. Then vote no and not progress. Yeah, or do you want we'll us to deal with it and move forward like thing. a civilised modern country? I think Labor also did a really bad job of, of not, like, you know, every time the coalition came out and they're like, okay, we, we, we've this is, our, this is how we'd handle it. You know, we want to do a, an audit or, you know, we want to do a, a second referendum down the track. It's like, why? You know, like, I really think they're missing an opportunity to not really hammer home. You were in government for 10 years and did fuck all. Like, you had 10 years to fix the problem yeah. and did yeah. nothing. Why are we listening to you now? If you've got this great idea and you know the right thing to do, why didn't you do it? 10 years ago like they i really think and they, they never take the opportunity they never take the opportunity like no. if, if the if the libs are going in the thing we want to have an audit then then that's an opportunity for labor to go stand up and go righto let's do an audit here are the numbers yeah everybody here on this fucking board this is the national budget mm. this is the amount that goes to aboriginal people now productivity commission in 2017 put some other things in this is the amount that's totally spent, total spent on education, health, and social security. This is the amount that goes to Aboriginal people. Tiny. Why is it slightly more per person? Because poorer, younger, more remote. Everybody understands that. They don't get extra service. It, in fact, if anything, they get less. But it's not a huge amount. And then the rest of the productivity thing was just like, hey, let's just divide the rest of this. It's not actually money that ever went to them in the first place. No, yeah. Labor could have done that, stood up and dealt with this shit. Because that 40 billion thing floating around in people's heads, never being dealt with was 
potent for the no yeah, campaign. It, really works, yeah. it gave people a basis for going, I'm not racist. I just want to see where that money's spent and could yeah. it be spent better? Well, yeah. <laughs> like Labor, there's obvious responses to all of that. And they, they didn't did do any of it. it. They just yeah. let it, they just run away from the, mm. which they gives it purchase. It. Yeah. And it makes it sound like a treaty is a bad thing to be afraid of because Labor doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. That's it. Rather than getting people used to the idea, doing the, putting in the groundwork now so that we can get people's heads around it in time.